What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. All right, Clay. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Who Pods the Watchmen, your companion podcast to the HBO miniseries, also of the same name, Watchmen. We are your hosts. I'm Grant. I'm Clay. And we're going to be talking about episode three. Episode three, which is called, what, do you have it up here? She was killed by space junk, which is a line from a Devo song called Space Junk. Kind of prescient, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be diving in and talking about all of that. Uh, you know what? Let's just let's skip all the uh, intro stuff. Let's just yeah. jump right in. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, good idea. So uh, for anyone who is curious, who hasn't watched this or just needs a refresher, maybe you're watching this a little bit later, uh, this episode is the one that features Lori Blake, a.k.a. Lori uh, Giuseppic, Lori yeah. Jupiter. Lori. I, think th- <laughs> I think people have been waiting for this if they watch the previews. Silk so Spectre yeah. is back, and this is her now as an FBI agent. We see her kind of on her job um, as an FBI, FBI agent for the Anti-Vigilante Task Force. This is prior to her being tasked with investigating what's going down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So she heads on down there to check out what's going on, and we get to see how she operates in this world. And we know a lot about her history, having read the comic, and some people who haven't, I think, got a good kind of um, introduction to a lot of the backstory of what happened in Watchmen yeah. in this episode. Yeah, a lot more than the first two episodes for sure. All right. Well, yeah. do you want to do hot takes? Let's do hot takes. Hot takes! Let's do it. What do you got? For me, you know, I think this episode was, we're kind of out of the novelty, you know? I mean, we don't have squids fall. I mean, we do have things falling from the sky. We could talk about that Still later. Still a fucking weird episode. But this was a weird episode, but it was also kind of just... You know, I think reflecting Laurie's character, which is totally different from uh, from the comic book, which I definitely want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, this was really kind of like no nonsense, down to business, very serious, very brusque. Um, not really as humorous as previous episodes, I didn't think. I'm, I'm not, and I I'm not, I don't mean to be talking badly about it. I really enjoyed it, but this kind of just seemed to be more of like an investigator's episode. You know, I mean, she's there for a job. She wasn't really particularly happy to go to Tulsa. You know, um, she makes a joke about the fact that it's not Rome or something, you know, and I kind of just thought, okay, we're on the trail, right? Like now, now we're, the game is afoot. We're trying to find out what's going on there. Um, So for me, and it was also kind of a sad episode because it starts off with her in the phone booth making this phone call. She knows maybe nobody's on the other line, you know, kind of a weird thing. It's like, you know, you break up with an ex or something and then you still call them just to hear their name on the, on the voice machine. You ever done that? Yeah, it's um yeah that kind of sad like yeah. or you're like you know you're someone in your family dies and you just keep calling to listen to that voicemail yeah, yeah. kind of one of those it was really sad you know so I mean I kind of felt like this episode was was really interesting it was a, it was a really good episode um, but also kind of you know kind of no nonsense kind of serious also just kind of sad and searching and that's her character right now so yeah yeah I mean what do you think yeah I'm I'm right there with you I I thought that it was a fun breather from what's I think the first two episodes are are great. Uh, obviously, we love them, but there there was something a little bit claustrophobic that I started to feel about Tulsa, and it was good to just be able to break away from that a little bit. And I don't necessarily feel that when we get the uh, Adrian Veidt scenes, which confirmation totally Adrian Veidt. Yeah, uh, I don't feel like when we get those scenes that 
um, that felt all that much less uh, constrictive. <laughs> but for some reason, when we get the scenes with um, with Laurie out working with the FBI, it felt almost like I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We, we're outside in the rest of the world here. Yeah. And we're seeing a little bit more glimpses of kind of how other things are operating. Yeah, it's not and the then, Jim Carrey movie where he's living in a bubble. Yeah, and then for her to be pulled into this world, it's almost like she's another lens for us. To kind of like, like, hey, we've been seeing what's going on here. What do you think of this craziness? Like, what do you think of how the the Tulsa PD is operating in this warehouse? Yeah, and and just seeing like key scenes like that, I think, were a bit of a validation mm-hmm. for how we're supposed to feel a little bit uncomfortable about these things. Yeah, rather than be like, no, this is just how that world operates. It's like, no, not necessarily. Yeah, that's how Tulsa PD is operating, and we get a lot more clues into why things are different there with the scenes with uh, Senator Joe Keene and such. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought it was refreshing to kind of get this change of pace, another point of view character. This was primarily Lori Blake's episode. Yeah. Which feels very, I always, I always got to bring it back, but feels very lost in that you, Absolutely. you take a character and make a, it a character-centric episode, which is very revealing of them both um, in the present and and what happened to them in their past. Yeah, and also pretty interesting. I mean, that's what the Watchmen did in the comic book a lot. Yeah. You know, so. But I think this is the only one that doesn't go into an obvious flashback, if I can recall correctly. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's a flashback, as we've discussed, with Vate. Right. His character. I mean, the flashback here for, for a Laurie episode, and I think we definitely want to talk about how she got here from there. Mm. But a lot of the flashback is going to be in the comic book, which if people have not read it, uh, obviously we want to recommend going and doing that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great episode. What would you, uh, you think about the acting chops? Oh, man. Yeah. So good. I yeah. mean, it's great seeing Jean Smart. She's fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, she just like fully embraced this role to the point where I'm like, I enjoy the PD character, mm-hmm. but I'm like... You guys are, she's at a different level. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah, seemed yeah. like, like uh, with everyone else in the room, she's like walking circles around people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was, there There were so many ways that could go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I apologize for my voice cracking here. I'm going through changes. Uh, grown know. boy. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there's so many ways you could do that wrong. You could play it a little bit, like maybe 10% more serious than it just comes off as, as fake. Right. You know, you play it 10% back, then okay, she doesn't have this urgency and this sense of kind of desperation or just down to business attitude that she needs to kind of make this character work. Mm-hmm. And she's just really, war- she's just done it perfectly. So it, it was is, awesome. It is so tricky because, I, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't we don't really tend to um, talk too much trash about this this show, but there are some things for me watching this that I just groan or roll my eyes, and it is. In particular, it's some of the dialogue that I know is cribbed directly out of that Watchmen book. I'm pointing right behind your shoulder. We have a Watchmen book there. Um, and it's like just pulling those lines directly and yeah. then like having some other characters say them. So I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're referencing the same exact lines. I think she t- she tells a joke, right? And what, is, what does Was she say joke? at the very end? Was it a joke? Well, that's also something we should discuss. Yeah. But right at the end of it, she says, roll on snare drums, curtains. Good joke. Right. And that's basically what Rorschach says when he tells the uh, Pagliacci or whatever yeah. uh, joke. And I just kind of went, oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, don't, don't have her say the exact – like, 
But she she delivered it excellently. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's one of those things that I'm just like, ah, groan. Yeah. Well, I've got a joke for you. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, this is The Simpsons did it. This is from The Simpsons. So I don't have a joke. The Simpsons has a joke. Give it, give it to me. You, you can own this joke. I think that you know Lisa's running. She's running as fast as she can away from someone or something. Mm-hmm. And Marge sees her. Or maybe Bart. I don't know. Bart's more of a runner, right? Probably got in trouble. He's running. Anyway, Marge says, "Lisa, run, run like the wind." And then Lisa turns back or something, and she goes, "Mom, it's wind." And then, and then Marge yells back, "Oh, I've only seen it written." <laughs> and I just want to say. We used to say vate for two and a half months, yes. and you just switched to vite on me, and you know there was no. I thought maybe we talk about that a little bit. We were saying vate, we we or vite, yeah, we we're saying vate, right? We were saying vate. So I thought it was vate. Literally, we had only ever seen it written, so that joke works. But I have heard other people say vite, and I go, huh? Are they saying it wrong? Huh? No. Yeah. It's not me that's wrong. It's the children. Exactly. Another Simpsons line for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's Vite. I guess we have Vite. And he says it himself, so I figure he knows how to pronounce his name. Yeah, do If we wanna, that really is him. Do we want to chat about uh, <laughs> what's going on there? Uh, yeah. You want to do that right now? We could do that. I mean, we're, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on with Lori's plot, but let's go ahead and start off things. Yeah. Talking about Ozymandias. Yeah. And him and his little castle that he's trapped at by the game warden. Interesting, right? I think I have theories of what's uh-huh. going on here, but I would love to hear what you think first. Well, I actually have zero theories about the game warden. I don't know. I'm in the dark completely. Well, just spitballing. Like, I mean, what, what do you think is ha- what has happened? Do here? we have some? Do we have some teleportation or something going on? Is he? I mean, what, what's going on with the suit? Why is the guy coming back all icy? Why does he think that leather is going to work in a sub-zero? I mean, what's going on? Is he teleporting them? Is he transporting people? Right. What's what's going on? And also, how is he doing all this genetic testing? Yet he's doing steampunk suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. The whole thing doesn't work. I don't understand it. I'm lost. So, oh, okay, okay. Uh, here's what I think is happening, and this is my my concern is that uh, if this is a little spoiler for spoiler for anyone, because this is just a guess. I don't know, but is this your guess? Go or ahead Reddit's and jump guess? ahead. Uh, I've heard other people speculate, uh, kind of dancing around a similar idea. Yeah, but. And I guess we'll say this quickly, too. You, I think, read a lot more. I mean, I don't read anything. I'm just trying to watch this, just like when I read the comic. Right. I don't really, I don't know. I just kind of stick to what I what I have. So, yeah. But I, I do recognize that sometimes you can say uh, some theories, and that's just not everyone's bag. So yeah. Maybe jump ahead or pause for a second and jump ahead on the video. I want to hear. Uh, I want to yeah. hear. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. I think that Adrian Vate, mm-hmm. Vite, mm-hmm. was up to some shenanigans, some new machinations. And Doc Manhattan had decided that he failed Earth previously when the squid attack happened, right? And the Watchmen, because of the particles that were put in the air that kind of threw him off. Yeah. So he couldn't sense what was going on, the foreboding um, plan of Vite. So what he did is he locked him in a prison. So he's not he's in this castle thing, but he's locked in something that looks like a castle in a bubble out in space. That's what I think. Interesting. I don't think there's much more to the land of this castle that he's living at beyond the bounds of this, what we've this game warden. And the game warden, I'm thinking, is more like a kind of like a video game yeah. uh mechanism that he's, prevents him from leaving. He seemed like it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind Did of you see a, that kind of... awful. <laughs> I don't this is also gonna be a spoiler. Did you see that movie with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, oh, what was it called? The one where he's hunting dragons? No, the one where he's like a fishing boat captain. Nah. 
and it's no okay i don't want to talk hey there's this movie with matthew mcconaughey where he's a fishing boat captain i can't remember the name of it but it just came out kind of recently and everyone should go watch that bonkers ass shit <laughs> it's really it's, uh, um we should or we should actually pay our hard-earned money for this uh i don't know if you should pay necessarily money <laughs> I, I would pirate it okay but it's it's bonkers <laughs> really yeah in a good way or bad way i can't read your face right now mixed bag way. okay Okay. But I left it enthusiastic to talk about it. Okay. I guess that that might be interpreted as good. Best character from a film who lives on a boat. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say shipboat captain. Best character from a film who lives on a boat, um, in your opinion. That would be Lieutenant Dan, I guess, from Forrest Gump. That's pretty good. Right? That's pretty good. I was thinking of Keanu from The Replacements. You know what I'm talking about. You don't even know the character's name. No, no, no. That's but how that, good that movie that, was. That was a good movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. I'm not good with names. You know that. I mean, we're, we're Johnny not, Utah. No, that was a, no, 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 no. That's improv. Yeah, okay, movie. so we have Vite. I mean, this is his third year. He is giving tomatoes to the game warden. Do you think the anniversary is the anniversary of him being on in that prison? Being in the, the game warden thing? And there's robots that are his servants, and he's just been like, you know what? I can kill them, and Doctor Manhattan's got a system here that will replace them. Yeah. Um, well, that does make sense about you know if he is trapped there, why he is using animal skins to try to teleport because that's all he has. Yeah, right? and so, so what yeah. he's doing was like testing the bounds of the space thing. So yeah. I think he took one of them, put him in this suit, and like tried to launch him out there to see if he could escape potentially. Yeah. yeah. He's using them as dummies. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, but so, that's that's just a, a crazy guess. It could be something else completely. Well, off and let's the wall talk about one that. of your guesses a couple weeks ago. And hey, I love it. You throw darts, and one of them's gonna hit a wall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one of them might hit me on the side of the face. One of them might boomerang back at you and hit you. Uh, you I guess now we know that the owl is not uh, what's his name, Jed, Judd, whatever. Yeah, Judd Crawford is definitely not. Okay, the owl. so we can we can strike that one off. Yeah. Off. Yeah. But we do know. I mean, we've known already because there's this thing called PDPedia. Did I mention this last week? You did. Yeah, Pedipedia is this uh, supplemental material going on with the show that is um, just a bunch of files, documents online that you can check out. And one of them made reference to the fact that our night owl, Dan Dryberg, is actually in federal custody currently. So that's where that guy's been hanging out, which you end up hearing a little bit about when Lori's... Um, you know, in like making reference or people are making reference to her about it. Like, oh, do you want to get your owl out of the cage? I think yeah. that's what Joe Keen says. Right. And that's obviously not just a reference to the pet owl she has in her place. Oh, it's not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting a night owl out of, out of his cage. That, and that was kind of weird. It was kind of a wham bam. Yeah. You know, first we see the owl and we just now, you know, been waiting for the owl. Now we, we have too much owl. <laughs> I don't know if too much, but yeah. A little overload? I'm excited to see him come back. I mean, I mean, now we might know why Lori is as dedicated as she is. Or who would you cast? Who would you cast as the current Night Owl? You know, I'm not good with people or names or faces <laughs> or really much of anything. Thing. You know who From actually, replacements? You know what actually make <laughs> a good a good owl? Who? Who was the dude in the second Batman who was like the Two Face guy? Two Face in the second Batman, Tommy Lee Jones. No, not the second, like the second, the most recent second one. Oh, um, Aaron Eckhart. Wouldn't he be a good one, kind of? Yeah, he'd be great. I mean, the guy who, who the guy, little, the guy young, who was I in think. the movie ten years ago was good. Oh yeah, you're right. No, I was thinking they all like from back then. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good call. One of our dads could do it. 
<laughs> we don't know. Ostensibly, the owl's been locked up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and actually, okay. I want to see him with like. I do want to jump into this because this is like you know I, I have points and stuff, and I actually have a diamond next to this one. So this means I only have three diamonds. So I don't have a ton of these. So this is one of my diamonds. <laughs> what does a diamond mean? That I really want to hit this point. Got it. Okay. So Lori, how did we get? Are we from, done? Are we done talking about Ozymandias? I want to jump back to him, but we'll, you know we'll go back. Okay. Yeah. Because this is interesting, and I think it does bleed into the to the you know I, my question is how did we get here from there? Right. I don't know if, if people have not read the the comics. You know, she wasn't always maybe uh, presented or portrayed as, as the smartest woman, the most driven. She kind of had more of just kind of some family issues, and I wouldn't say she relied on men, but it was kind of almost like a eh. You wouldn't really want to see a, a female character like that these days. She definitely got short shrift. Yeah. in the comic. Yeah. As one of the characters, it was just obviously I would I would chalk it up to be a, being a little bit um, misogynist, dated for sure, dated as yeah. well. Yeah, but well, misogynist in that it's it's dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's nice to see her as a, a driving force character who has agency and yeah. is like powerful and smart. An agent with agency. Yeah, and, yeah. But also, you know, showing vulnerability. Actually, just showing like, wow. more layers than I think Lori shows in, in Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, Lori was more famous for shedding her layers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, I mean, <laughs> talking about the owl. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that is how we got here. Maybe she was fooling around doing the, doing the superhero thing with him. They then get busted and she realizes maybe that it was folly. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, that's not necessarily a spoiler, but it's just thinking, how did she end up like this kind of really serious agent who is decrying all this mask stuff? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I I would guess that uh, what also is revealed in the Pedia documents okay. is that her and Night Owl got picked up Which by meant, the yeah. FBI okay. in 95, I think it says. Okay. So if he's still in custody and she's a powerful agent, she obviously played ball with them. Absolutely. He didn't. Yeah. So to some extent, maybe she even sold him out a bit. And he's Which like, we talked nah. about last week and that would destroy me. But yeah. yeah. But it also seems that she still maintained a certain degree of secrets. Like she didn't tell them what she does know about like how Ozymandias caused the squid attacks or whatever. Right? right. Right. They don't seem to have that understanding. So it seems like she must have in some way cooperated with them, gave them information, is working with them, and she's very good at what she does, apparently. She, she's incredible. She was ticking off the list of uh, people that she was taking down, including Mr. Shadow, yeah, who was one of these characters we saw in the trailer, and we're like, is this the third Night Owl? Who is this guy? Mm-hmm. The guy who's going to stop that bank robbery she orchestrated in order to take him down, which is clever. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> this yeah. guy's motivation was to help people. Right. But- also a vigilante, and she ain't ain't fucking around with that shit anymore. Yeah, not so, at all. But also, it's it's fascinating because we now see that she's a person who's completely unapologetically anti-vigilante, anti-people taking the law into their own hands while wearing masks. And now we take her and toss her into this world of, of Tulsa PD where we have the law enforcement wearing these masks. And I'm sure she's put into a position where she's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Do you think that she ha- still has a degree of respect for mass vi- vigilantes in the way they're portraying her here? She's not playing all of her cards, right? She's not right. showing her cards, so we don't know exactly 
the respect she has. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think that she's afraid. She's afraid of it, maybe just even personally what it did to her. And she was kind of screwed over by the whole. I mean, she like her parents were doing it too, you know? Right. So I think that's kind of her. I mean, wasn't her actual biological father the comedian? Yeah. So she's a so she's a tough lady, and we're seeing that now. You know, as far as respect for, I don't know. I know that whenever after the after the bomb went off, the suicide mm-hmm. bomber went off, and they and she and Regina King are seeing each other through the through the smoke. They both knew like, okay, you're for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was that was a sweet look. Game respects. Game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she was, you know, and I don't know if she respects the mask element, but she might respect the agency somebody has there to actually do something. But I don't think she can trust them, you know. Well, I, I think there's – let's talk about Lori's psychology here. Yeah. Because another element that maybe you're not aware of is that for a time after she was Silk Spectre, while she was still running around with Night Owl, she went under a different pseudonym, Comedienne. That's oh. also in PDPedia's file. Wow. That refers to her as going by the name Comedienne. And that's really fascinating. <laughs> like all these all these uh, all this subtext of what's going on with her. Yeah. I think she's in the comic. It already showed that she had a a certain hatred for her mother. Yeah. She she disliked how she was kind of forced into this life of of being a vigilante superhero. She resented her for that, but she also hated and resented her father, who she thought was just a an abusive rapist. He was. Right. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he's a murderer and a rapist and an awful scumbag person. But obviously, there's something that must have gone on with her mm-hmm. that she began to reassess her identity and embrace who he was, that she changed her name to Comedienne in homage to him and then eventually changed her last name to Blake in homage to him, dropping Giuseppe, spurning her mother, and embracing the father. And I think you can't do something like that without a a large degree of self-loathing. Yeah. I think that or she just, doesn't like herself to some extent. I think you're right. And she's still maybe I mean I don't know if, I don't want to say that someone in that at that age is like finding herself. But, you know, I remember uh, when I was 19, I was working at a toy store. Mm-hmm. Not an adult toy store. This is just a toy, toy store. Toy Joy. Yeah, Toy Joy here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And uh, this uh, coworker of mine, her boyfriend came in, and one week she introduced him as Gary, and then he came in the next week to, like, bring her lunch or something, you know, and she introduced him as Gray. And she said, yeah, you know, Gary just, just didn't work for him. He just sees himself more as a Gray. And I wonder if his name is still Gray or if he went back to Gary eventually. By that I mean to say, will Lori show a softer side and will she go back to Giuseppe? Or, you know, what, what's going to happen with Lori by, by, by episode 8, episode 9? Yeah. She can't just be this because we've already seen the cracks in that facade where she is talking to Dr. Manhattan at the end. Just kind of a desperate plea, right? Like, show me something. Like, I'm lonely here. She has a very tough exterior with everyone else she's interacting with. And yeah. it's there's something very fragile in her telling this joke but there's a lot there's a lot more that's going on there it's very loaded the whole the whole exchange yeah um also that that whole booth yeah is run by uh what's what's the business called it's the people that bought out um ozymandias's whole business yeah they're running this uh booth that she's talking inside of 
uh, and she's a trio. Plat- and she's a platinum member. And she's a platinum so member. So she spends a lot of money on this. Which is kind of sad sounding. Yeah. But at the same time, I would imagine that's like a bit compromising. Don't you, I mean, how how safe do you feel your information is, whatever you say into there, that this company wouldn't also be gathering their own data yeah. on there? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like. They're going to sell you weed eaters and stuff. You're, you're a federal agent. No better. Don't, don't be talking to that machine. Right. Well, also, you know, just from what, what she said kind of is very revealing of how she thinks about these characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does look at um, Dan and say he's too soft. And now she actually might just go a little bit harder with how she's acting just to maybe kind of make up for that or not, not to be seen as him. You yeah. Know, because I mean, I guess ostensibly before she was comedian or maybe even with him, that's what seven or eight years together with him running around with fake names and stuff like that, doing her own thing. So maybe she did come to the realization that, eh, hey, he's a little too soft. He didn't kill anybody. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think also the, the whole comedian comedian mm-hmm. uh, thing is not necessarily that they're funny. They're not yeah, entertainers yeah, yeah. Right. so much as, they think that the whole world is a joke. Yeah. Everything is a joke. They're they're it, once you become that that moniker, the the comedian, you've become so jaded and cynical about society that everything is is a roll your eyes joke. You don't take anything seriously. So it's her telling jokes to Doctor Manhattan is a little bit tongue in cheek because it's n- nothing that she was saying was like landing with a ha ha ha. Nothing was actually funny. Yeah, it's. It's more just like, don't you see the bigger joke of the injustice of society, of, of this whole system, right? Yeah, right. And, yeah, I, I didn't know that the first part of that joke was a setup for her to move on to the second one and do a callback about the girl throwing the brick up in right, the air. Right, At first I thought, oh, man, she's so insecure that she doesn't know how to talk to him. And also... She's not very good at telling a joke. <laughs> well, let's look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's look at this. Like, So this was a series. This episode was a series of setups. The first setup is the joke, right, when she fools us on that. The right. second one was the literal setup when she's at the bank to bust uh, that Batman wannabe. Mm-hmm. Okay, the third setup was then, uh, I would say, maybe when she's talking to, um, what's Regina's character? Uh, a- uh, Angela. Oh yeah, Angela. When she's talking to Angela, and uh, yeah, Angela Abar, when she's chatting with her, and you know that she knows what's going on, or you know that she knows that she took the the something off the bust in the secret compartment of the closet. Right. Right. So she really loves this idea that she knows more than other people, and she knows more than what she lets on. Right. So this was like yeah, four or five or six different setups that were going on, and so I'm surprised, and I'm curious to see her. Thank you for that. I'm curious to see her when she is, I guess, when somebody gets her, right? Because eventually with that, I mean, we saw with uh, with Vite, you know, he always thought he was the smartest guy in the world. And at the end of, at the, end of the comic book, it kind of falls down around him a little bit. Right. Um, so it'll be, I- I'm curious to see who's going to kind of have a gotcha moment with her. You know, can Regina do it? I don't know. But that would be pretty sweet. I just really want to see that look of surprise on her. You have a few categories here. Yeah. Um. I wanted to jump into one of them. Yeah. I want to ask you, <clears throat> what is your favorite or what is your funniest moment from this episode? I didn't think there were a ton of funny moments here. I mean, you're smiling when you ask it, so you obviously have one. For, well, for me, it was it was it was a kind of a kind of a funny moment when she was uh, she had the sleep mask on. It's kind of I chuckled a little bit. What about you? When 
she opens a briefcase. Yeah, I mean that's the that that's one too. <laughs> that was sad though. But it is it is I it guess was, sad. That, that was sad. But also, <laughs> it's a giant blue dildo. Yeah, with a picture of of her with him. And then the balls, I guess, are the batteries. And she, I don't know what's going on. It was but a like, weird. It, it hooks up like magnetically. Yeah. I was looking at that. I was like, oh man, really? <laughs> they went with that. Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, and then she goes and hooks up with Petey, which which is my dog's name. So that's a disgusting thing for me to hear right now. <laughs> It's your dog name. <laughs> yeah. Um, she does. And what what adult has a name of Petey? That's his last name. Agent oh, Dale Petey. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes a lot more that's sense. Yeah, P- that's Petey. Okay, I can get that. Uh, but it, it seems like she might have some uh, nympho element that maybe they wanted to explore in this. That I mean, in the comic, she's Silk Spectre who... A, a, a part of her identity is that she uses her sexuality as a weapon, right? Uh-huh. Much like you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Looking at my eyebrows, huh? Woo. But it seems like here it might be that it wasn't just that she's using her sexuality as a weapon, but she's also a very sexual person who might even just like need to satisfy that at certain points. I don't know. She's definitely a lonely person. Lonely. You know, and so if that's a way that she can kind of escape that loneliness for a bit, because she also had, I mean, Petey's wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, the whole, yeah. So, I mean, they're both indulging their fantasies a little bit. Which is also like the comic in that Night Owl was impotent. Dan Dryberg was impotent until he was able to kind of put back on the cowl and take on the persona of Night Owl. And then he felt reinvigorated. And that's when he was able to hook up with Silk Spectre. Just a second here. I can cross off uh, Blue Dildo because you got to it uh, in record time. I was wondering how long that would take you. You can't go an episode or an issue without talking about a blue penis. No, I can't. Yeah. It's not allowed. But uh, why was there this glow whenever she first opened it? And did you suspect anything like that? I kind of actually thought it might be like a piece of Dr. Manhattan memorabilia or something with that blue glow. In a way. In a way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought... In the, I thought they were going to let the mystery linger a little longer with Ooh, this. Leftovers reference. Let, let the mystery be. Yeah. But when she opened it, it felt very Pulp Fiction, didn't it? Yeah. Like we opened a glowing yeah. briefcase, but instead it's a blue glow, and I'm like, what is it? They had some camera angles like that. Just when she's walking through the uh, the, the bureau or whatever, you know, kind of that it was underneath her. She was, I don't know. It was, it was a lot of moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's so funny to me because I thought that was one of the best time jokes. You. You can't have the initial scene where you open the briefcase and it's this big mystery. Uh-huh. Only to turn around and be like, it's a blue dildo. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. Exactly. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't going to be some – well, I mean, maybe it advances the plot. I doubt it. But, yeah, exactly. But um, the reason I brought up the funniest thing, I had a second choice okay. for my funniest moment. Okay. Um, and that was right when they are in the – I don't know what you call that. Uh, um, when Agent Blake, she's talking to Angela – in the is it a mausoleum? What's a yeah. little tiny uh, building where like an individual's um, yeah uh, dead body? It's like where so. the guitar was in Coco. Okay, it's yeah. a great movie. Anyway, uh, they're they're talking in there, and she gives this whole speech about what was it? She said something about like good guys, um, that like even this bad guy thinks they're a good guy, and the person that's helping that good guy thinks yeah. they're a good guy yeah. too. Yeah, and I eat good guys for breakfast or yeah. something like that. And, uh, yeah, she says, I eat good guys for breakfast, only for 
Angela to look at her and go, ooh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was also hilarious. Like, it give was, me a break. Yeah, it was just like, how long have you been working on that dumb line? <laughs> and it was actually pretty good until she said, anytime you until say, until she I, undercut I, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've all seen, uh, what's it called? Happy. Happy Gilmore. We've all seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah. So yeah, right. no, that was that was a pretty good moment. Uh, but generally speaking, I didn't think this was like. But I didn't think this was the funniest episode. But I didn't think we needed that. I think you were right that it, it was nice to kind of pull the camera back and see stuff outside of uh, just Tulsa. Absolutely. So I have a few questions from seeing things from the outside. Okay. Uh, we see the Washington Monument with this halo around it. Mm-hmm. What's going on? You got any info from uh, PDpedia? You asked me a question. I go, I sip a beer right yeah. then. It's like, okay. Uh, which you can have some. This is a brown ale, and that one's a Hellas. Um, Thank they're you from much. Puerto Rico. I don't think they're necessarily that good, but <laughs> we can drink we, them. I don't know. What's our Puerto Rican audience? Uh, Be careful what you say. Do they care about this beer? I don't know. Apologies. Anyway, um, I think that what we're seeing with that little halo going around there, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something else related to the trio foundation yeah that's been kind of building these monuments we see them point to that other giant monument as we're flying over the millennium clock that was another one i was kind of wondering about and you know they they obviously repeat the ozymandias phrase like look upon my works in despair again i'm like oh man you guys really are he did a good i want them to divorce themselves from slavishly referencing the Watchmen, original Watchmen comic line for line in that way. I'm like, we we already had that when Zack Snyder took yeah. a stab at this. You guys yeah. don't have to do that It worked well. a little bit. I mean, he saved it by saying, you know, he has a PhD in history, so he wasn't just a fanboy. He was more somebody who has studied it, which, you know, when we see Othello at the end mm. of, uh, that was, I think, Shakespeare's last play, or one of his last plays, and Othello is kind of this wizard or whatever, is it Othello? No, what's the one in the what's the one at the end? Not Othello. Is it Othello? Othello? What are you talking about? What's the last one where you have the wizard guy at the end? Oh, the Tempest? Yeah, was it the Tempest? Who's the wizard dude? Caliban? No, Prospero? Yeah. Yes. Prospero on the wizard, the island? Holy smokes, exactly. You know, the whole point, remember in like eighth grade English, which I've forgotten, is that that was Shakespeare himself. <gasps> so was Petey Lindelof? Oh, saying he's not a fanboy. He's actually a, a, a histor an, an historian. Interesting. I don't know. PD is a is is it an acronym for Lindelof? No. Let me see. Here. I don't know Move how acronyms around. <laughs> but if, following that logic is Ozymandias Prospero on the island. Ooh. And Caliban are his robot slaves. <laughs> Question. <laughs> Query. Yeah. Did he go out in his suit to hunt the buffalo? It is purple and gold. No. No, he went in his regular riding gear to go do that. No, but afterwards. Oh, why? Like, yeah, he was putting it on. He but... obviously was just trying to, like, flex his muscles a little bit and feel like his old self. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, did he go kill, hunt a buffalo in that? That's what I want to see. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get that fucking buffalo. Yeah. Even if I have to dress up in something inconspicuous, like yeah. purple and gold. Right, right. <laughs> Not so inconspicuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to put a fake mustache on with that. Um. I, I think that it's it's kind of curious that well obviously they're dangling right they're yeah. dangling the idea of like who is this guy is it fate we're not gonna tell you yet and then obviously he goes or Vite you know he goes sincerely Adrian Vite they even like said oh skip the part where they say they're they're greeting to me because 
he we didn't want to have the reveal right then you as they're so? reading the letter. I yeah. think that everybody knew that one though. Yeah, I think they said skip who it is. No, I know. Who, who they yeah, wrote yeah. that to. Just yeah. get to the meat of the letter. Yeah. And there's no reason because like the time he spent saying that, she could have just said it and gotten to the letter. Yeah. But that was just like, oh, we're not going to tell you even yet. Dangle, dangle. And then all of a sudden, he gets to say the line. Jeremy Irons gets to say Adrian Veidt. Yeah. Which is cool. It was cool. But then just icing on the cake is him putting on that costume. Yeah. It looked good. It was like the classic costume. Yeah, it did look good. It wasn't the the rubber molded um, Batman nipple thing that they had in the Snyder movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. So, did you have you noticed and did you notice in this episode, uh, just the color yellow, and how he uses it? No. So I kind of I've noticed the last couple episodes, and I was kind of writing it down this time. It's kind of so. We have with Looking Glass. Remember, he wipes off kind of the sweat off the brow of his mask, and it's yeah. kind of this Pittsburgh Steelers terrible towel that he gets, you know, the, the famous yellow towel. Well, I figured it's the same yellow mask. Oh, that makes get, right? sense. Okay, because he, like, pulls that out, does that. Because later he's wearing it at the funeral. He's actually just in a cop uniform with a yellow right. mask. I guess I'll say this. Because you can tell his eyes. I guess I'll say this. Naturally, if they just wanted to, if Lindelof just wanted to use yellow, you could have different shades of yellow. But it always is the same Watchmen yellow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So bef- in in uh, Blake's apartment, there's like an urn or something on her on her mantle, or fireplace or something, and that's that exact same yellow. So he just do he uses this yellow like on the police cars, the top of the police cars, and they did the overhead overhead mm-hmm. shot. You know that's ye- that's that same yellow. Um, the stretcher at the beginning when they take the um, what was that uh, vigilante's name out out of the bank. Oh, uh, Mr. Shadow. Yeah. So the metal on the stretcher was that yellow. So, I, I, you know, it's, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just interesting. And I like how Lindelof does kind of point back. I know sometimes you don't like how they're, you know, quoting direct quotes and referencing stuff like that. But it is kind of cool to see that yellow. I, I like visual cues like that yeah. a lot. Even the cavalry's flashlight, when he comes out of the hole that they had dug. Oh, was it? That was that yellow. Yeah. So wow. there, it was just kind of, it kept popping up. Um, I thought I, that was interesting. I might do a yellow count next episode. We we had a little bit of um, we you mentioned it the theory of Judd potentially being Adrian Veidt. No, I mean no. Night Owl. Yeah, right. And why does he have the owl ship and those goggles? Are those Dan Dryberg's goggles? But Laurie sees those goggles and is completely unfazed by them. She didn't think anything about those. So I'm guessing those aren't Dan Dryberg's goggles. They are just some police issue. He was arrested. He was arrested. And then the police took all of his stuff, and they kind of made it for their, of their for their own use. For all police departments, I think so. I think they just replicated like I, everyone has an owl ship. I think at it's all? I think it's a fungible thing. Yeah, they either reverse engineered it or like said, "Hey, what's your patent?" I mean, doesn't have a patent on it, but you know, yeah. Okay, maybe that's kind of maybe one, he gets time off for good behavior if he helps uh, reverse engineer that stuff for him. They just have him like as a tinkerer down in yeah. the basement making a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's just hunting buffalo and and is he also t- he's tanning hides. They're they're yeah. all in a way in <clears> prisons. <throat> So if yeah. we if we think about we have Adrian Veidt, uh-huh. Veidt yeah trapped on trapped in this prison this cell and we see late we see earlier that Doctor Manhattan was constructing that same um, castle on Mars right yeah. Yeah. we see the little kid uh, Topher uh, Angela's kid he's constructing out of a bunch of metal bits mm-hmm. uh, that castle as well so it makes me wonder. If Topher is somehow related to Doctor Manhattan, if they're like, there's a psychic link going on here, uh-huh. or 
peep this. Uh-huh. We had <laughs> I'm I, that's gross. I don't know. Yeah, why no, no, it's all right. We had in the first episode or was it the second one where Will says maybe or I guess it was last episode. Old man Will says maybe I am Dr. Manhattan. And that could just be a, a funny throwaway line that he's saying. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that he's Dr. Manhattan, but is it not possible that we have seen Dr. Manhattan walking around as someone else? Does God work through all of us? <laughs> what if God was one of us? <laughs> uh, but we we do see they they had some discussion in the last episode about like, oh, well, he can't change his skin. Obviously, he has to be blue. But that's not actually true. Yeah. We've seen in the comic him change his skin color to like between lighter and darker blue. Yeah, I mean, dildos come in all shapes and sizes and colors. There's no reason he couldn't look like anyone else. And he could be operating as someone else or as multiple people in this show. He's this unknown sleeper agent chameleon that could be any of these characters at any point in time that the if the if they really want to fuck with us, yeah. like Westworld can do it with everyone being a robot, yeah. having a robot doppelganger. Here, they have this wild card that's a Dr. Manhattan. Do you want to see him? Or do you think it would ruin it? I do want to see him eventually. Yeah. Okay. I think we will. I, I, I would, don't know how long until they pull that trigger. I would be disappointed if he solved everybody's problems. You know? I would hate that. I watch The Good Place a lot, mm-hmm. and um, Damon Lindelof was actually he's good buddies with Michael Schur, who does that show, and he was a uh, he sat down with him and was an advisor to him on like, hey, I love your concept. Here's some uh, tips on like what I would tell you to do as far as you know delivering those hooks at the end of every episode, making it kind of engaging. And I know how you feel. I know you're not the biggest fan of The Good Place, mm-hmm. um, but. I think that there's something very fascinating about how quickly paced The Good Place is and how it anticipates people theorizing. And there are certain plot points that they would totally in any other show take seasons to develop. Yeah. That they're just like, we're going to wrap this up in two episodes, maybe three episodes. And by the time you start getting an inkling and you want to make a guess or a theory about something, they've already answered that and moved on to the next crazy question. Yeah. And- I'm wondering if Lindelof is going to start doing that. It was actually very refreshing that he said, this is Adrian Veidt at the end of this, ep- or in this episode. It was yeah. like, there's that dingling thread, and just snip that, we're done, that's, yeah. that's revealed now. I mean, they Spider-Man 2, far from homed it. Yeah. You know, which I like about that, too. It's like, okay, we're not going to keep this a secret forever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if we might see Doc Manhattan in the next couple episodes. Like, they... They don't even need to like keep that until like a series finale thing. I don't yeah. think. No, 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 and, I, and that's what I'm saying. I would hate that because I like the machinations how they're working on how they're working out right now. If we just introduce this god, I mean, we, who cares? Right. Well, um, I want to keep going in a bit, but yeah. I want to take a quick break. I want to say, hey guys, if you are listening to this, if you're enjoying the show, you want to help us out. This is the time I do plugs. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys can go help us out by following us on all of our social media. You can go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, write a little review. That really helps us out here on the show. You can also go to patreon.com slash whopodsthewatchman and make a per-episode pledge. I don't know if uh, if you know this, but uh, the past couple weeks I've been doing a couple um, extra things yeah. for the show. I've been making a little, um, some videos, little minis. 
that I'm posting up on our our secondary YouTube channel, which they're is really good. Who pods breakdowns, where I'll go like more in depth about certain aspects. But I also did uh, some little minis that I was posting up just for patrons, where I'm just kind of musing about some other things I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Since I'm here at the recording studio all the mm-hmm. time, might mm-hmm. as well <laughs> yeah. in my downtime, just show off the talk clips. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that that one's just audio. But okay. if you guys go to Patreon.com/slash/WhoPodsTheWatchman, you can go ahead and uh, sign up. Give us two bucks a month, or however much, but uh, at least two bucks a month, and yeah. you guys can become patrons and have access. Yeah, we've definitely it. loved the viewer listener engagement. You know, I know, I know, we're getting more and more reviews. We're getting. Uh, um, People are writing. I mean, how do you say that? They're writing into your DMs? Why are you you're always talking about my DMs? I love talking about your DMs. <laughs> I mean, we did, get a, we did get an especially sweet DM message from one of our uh, favorite viewers slash listeners who dressed like Rorschach for oh, yeah. Halloween. Swole sauce? Swole sauce. Dressed like Rorschach for Halloween. I think it was a sweet move. I don't know if a lot of people are brave enough to do that, and Here, he Here's the it. thing. Swole sauce said he dressed like that, at a, and he's a he's a teacher at school. So I was like, oh, you dressed for that like that in front of kids? Yeah, That's no, he's, hilarious. He's a real one. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's some dedication. We'll that was uh, really cool. Yeah, no, so we've definitely appreciated the, the viewer and listener engagement, and uh, I know you're doing a ton of those like midweek guys and stuff like that, kind of keeping it fresh, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, been trying trying uh, a bunch of things. Just uh, it's it's so fun. This is yeah. my bread and butter. Any kind of show like a Lindelof show where there's a bunch of stuff to theorize on. Yeah, I uh, I did have one particular um, rating. Okay, to read over here. Um, this is from iTunes. Okay, from Francis Muth. It says the best Watchmen podcast. Thank you. Uh, I've listened to all the Watchmen podcasts currently, analyzing the book and the book series. This was actually before we started talking about the show. Um. It says, it's a shame Mike, uh, Grant's original co-host, couldn't continue the podcast, but Clay is great. Unexpected edition coming in at issue four. At first, I was skeptical of his lack of Watchmen knowledge and seemingly aloof attitude. Yeah, I've gotten that. I quickly warmed to his dynamic energy, sense of humor, and fresh insights on Watchmen, craft beer, and life in general. Wow. Uh, Grant and Clay... Grant and Clay complement each other well, and episodes never drag, even when they go on tangents that may or may not circle back to the original topic. That happens. We're happy to go for the ride because while other podcasts are often filled with tedious plot summaries and painfully repetitious exchanges, this one delivers the lifeblood of any good podcast. Entertaining motherfucking conversation. Did you add the MF? I did. (laughs) Sadly, I will be parting. Oh, well, anyway, just... uh... Whoa! No, selective read. Well, he said he's gonna part ways with the podcast until the HBO series comes on. So, fair enough. Yeah, until he's able to see that. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, that's really nice. Well, hopefully he's back. Did we have any questions or anything like that? Any inquiries? Um, I did get maybe like one or two. Real Let estate or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pull that up. If you guys go to Instagram, you guys can uh, ask us questions whenever I. Just slide on into his DMs. I know that, that tickles him. Quit <laughs> sliding into my DMs. If you do it in the middle of the night, he really likes it. Uh, Casey Gerard does say, uh, the focus on Matt in Manhattan um, makes me think that he might be a character we've met. Wait. Yeah. That's, wow. That's what we were talking about. Wow. Yeah. We might have seen him. That's totally possible, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that yeah. is possible. I don't know. I mean, I I think the the thing is, it's so easy. You know, he is... Like, I think Lindelof has done such a good job. Everything's like with a fine-tooth comb, right? And it's, again, just like how it was so tough for, what's her name, Gene Smart? Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, interesting how they use the word smart a lot at the beginning of the episode. Do they? Yeah, you didn't hear that? No. Oh, yeah. They used smart like two or three times, and they said smarty a couple times. Hmm. I don't know. I liked it. It's kind of meta. <laughs> I'm, ca- I'm counting the times. They're, they're making a comment on I think, there? I don't know. There's something wrong with me. I'm counting the amount of times I see yellow and the amount of times I hear characters, you know, actors' names. Okay. I don't know. It's, we don't have to go on about that. But, yeah, um, the way that she plays that role, it could go wrong so many different ways. The same way Lindelof is doing it, things could very easily go wrong. And I just think Manhattan's just obviously you could get it wrong. I know you're just looking forward to the blue penis. I, that's all I really want. Yeah. We we did get another uh, question from Mike who says, who's got the bigger D, Tom Meissen or Don Johnson? I mean, his last name is Johnson. With a name like Don Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes without saying. But, but no one can measure up to the dildo. No, no. What in the world? That was a that was a mag light. That was really That was a cop's mag light flashlight. That was hefty, light. man. It was uh what, what was you, the what, girth of one of these? What are you looking here? down? Okay, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's ow. My God. Uh hey, I want to get to a cubes moment. Okay. Is it time for cubes? Let's let's jump into cubes. Yeah. So explain cubes again. If people don't know, cubes comes from the green sugar cubes that made multiple appearances in the uh, Watchmen comic book, and I just always loved them. They don't really they don't really build the plot at all. They don't do anything for the story, but it's so sweet to just see these green sugar cubes. So the cubes is either your character moment, memory, anything, any any yearning you had while watching the show. That's a cubes moment. So, what was your cubes moment this week? My favorite, my cubes moment. Okay, because it's not a favorite moment. I know. It's just I, a cubes I, I, I got myself. Yeah, my cubes moment was when we were in Lori Blake's apartment near the beginning. They cut to a scene of her with when she's talking to Joe Keen, and behind her is this Andy Warhol looking painting of Doctor Manhattan, of Night Owl, of her, and it was fucking sweet looking. Yeah. That was awesome super on there. Sweet. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I love that painting. It's a I don't recall this being in the comic itself, but I know that there's a little scene about Andy Warhol yeah. making yeah. their paintings in the movie. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a notable little bit. I felt like this was a little bit of a nod to that, and I liked it. I, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mean we should maybe get something like that for the uh for the recording studio. I'm looking around at where it would go. Uh-oh. I think it could go well anywhere. It can go right there behind the camera. What do you think of that spot where yeah, no one can it, see it? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'd see it. Um, so funnily enough, funny enough, funnily enough, whatever, my favorite cubes on it is also from her apartment. Yeah? Weird. Is it the mouse? No. It is the Sharper Image Vertical CD player. <laughs> you saw that. Huh? Did you see that? I totally made note of it. Yes. <laughs> the Sharper Image Vertical CD player. I mean, that takes you back. It made me think that, Completely like... Completely ridiculous. They have some technological advancements here. And then, also, they're still living with the Sharper Image CD player. Because Sharper Image is not even in business anymore. <laughs> right? I mean, that... Pl- well, it went bankrupt. Maybe somebody actually kept it going. But uh, that was my Cubes moment for sure. It always tickles me to see a Sharper Image vertical CD player. Why do they have them? What's going on with it? Do they not have digital music yet in... Exactly. Do they not podcast? Yeah. What's what are they listening to over there? I have no idea. Devo. They're listening, They're listening to, Devo. to Devo. Um. Yeah. So that was my cues moment. I just. I guess I just don't understand it. Somebody like her though probably would have it because 
she kind of doesn't care to update all of her stuff. She's like, I got the CD. I'm going to keep using that. It's in this vertical thing, you know? Yeah. She has this apartment. She doesn't care. It was still voice activated. Let and me ask very you this. sensitive. You know I'm an animal guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It was voice. Okay. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm an animal guy, but I'm not, I don't really have an owl. Well, there's not. There's a better way to say that. I don't have an owl. <laughs> you <laughs> like, don't really have yeah, an owl. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't means. really have an owl. No, I definitely do. Really <laughs> okay. Okay. This sounds like a little bit too defensive. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Do the, you secretly have a fucking owl? To, <laughs> is it normal? I mean, if we have any owl people, do you usually cover up the bird cage, or maybe not even owl, but just a bird cage in general, or is that animal abuse? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Maybe it was like nighttime. Yeah. But she still fed it. And then she put it back. Yeah, what's going on with that? I don't I I just figured they wanted to have it hidden. I don't like that. She's away during the day on uh, on her business. They're nocturnal animals. Cover up the cage. Okay. Right? Because the windows you want it kinda dark. They would When she she got home it was for sure dark. Yeah, she finally got home from a day at work. So she would probably eventually want to take it off. But you know, for the sake of storytelling for us, they wanted to keep it hidden. I, it just still rubbed me the wrong way. With a reveal. I like my owl, an owl. I like my owls free, unencumbered, and get my owl out of a cage. Let's talk about Joe Keen. Yeah. So Joe Keen, uh, I have a question for you: Is Keen clean? Um, well, is Keen clean? I have a I have a Joe Keen question for you. Uh huh. Is Joe Keen sound a little bit like joking, which she's telling a lot of jokes this episode? Mm-hmm. That's that's not. Okay, let's go back to your question. <laughs> My question was terrible. Yeah, no, you're. Um, uh, I'm wrong. Is he clean? I is think Keen clean? No, I mean I, he's already. There's something very suspicious about what's going on. He seems to be playing with the fabric of this system in, in Tulsa, in that he's using it as his playground to be like, because his dad very famously is the keen of the keen act in in watchmen who was the person who said no more mass vigilantes like that's illegal right, right. we shouldn't have any of them uh, you shouldn't be able to uh, disguise who you are and go out and fight crime and and be a try and enforce the law on your own or whatever um, and that was kind of a notable thing that ended it for all the vigilantes in the in the 70s or something and now we have his son instituting that the law enforcement can wear masks. And he's a guy that is a figure that the, the, the conservative right wing party really likes. This is their guy. Yeah. And it does seem kind of curious that this experiment that's going on in Tulsa might be his meal ticket to the presidency for sure. So wouldn't it stand to reason that potentially he's manipulating things here and maybe he's in cahoots with the seventh cavalry. Yeah, I think this is a false flag. I think this is kind of a false flag thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to jump from category to category, but I know we also have our gumshoe category, which is who done it. Mm-hmm. I think it's very likely that he's done it. He's the one who killed. Uh, he's the one who killed our our chief of police, or at least worked with the people who did. I don't know. I think there's definitely something going on there. He is the power behind the scenes. He's got his eye on the on the presidency. I don't know. It's really strange. He's not clean. Keen I, ain't clean. I kind of don't think so either. There's, or maybe we just don't like him because he's successful and attractive and wealthy. I also don't like those things. Yeah, you've got two of those. Thanks. Uh-huh. I am wealthy. 
Uh-huh. And it's very successful. You call me oh. ugly? <laughs> hey, you chose him. <laughs> you son of a. Um, my who killed Chief? I yeah. think that's a good question that we should answer at the same time. Yeah. Right now, I'm kind of leaning to Adrian Veidt. Okay. Why would he care about this Chief? Each episode is a year of his prison sentence, of him disappearing from society. And if uh, and we see in this episode they had three candles on the cake and he shoves the cake to the ground. So this is year three. Presumably by year seven, we'll get to the modern day, 2019, and from there we got the the last three episodes to kind of figure out how he gets off of there, yeah, uh, of that out of that prison, and how he potentially um, might uh, be messing with things on the in the scene in our plot in our world of Tulsa uh-huh. or if he is a player at all but i i feel like there there must be a larger reason why we're seeing his plot at all uh-huh and i think that it must somehow play into what's going on here if it were if it were his intent to try and instigate instigate more racial tensions as once again a Machiavellian scheme. Right. Right. Greater reckoning and eventually hopefully overcoming that. And his kind of fucked up he's he's a monster who who thinks like, oh, the, the end justifies the means. Maybe that's what he's going for and maybe he thought that killing Judd could be um the ignition to start that fire. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Yeah. I don't mind that. <laughs> I feel like I talked a lot just to kind of say that. I know, but I don't mind that. All right. I like it. I would like to see him get off his Elba Island. Or where was Napoleon exiled? Elba, right? Elba. I would yeah. like him to get off Elba and uh, stir some shit up. You know? I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's really interesting. I just don't know. I guess I don't know why he cares. I, I think you're right. Yeah, if he is kind of just his fingers in a bunch of different pies just trying to spread disorder, right? then it makes sense. But if is there something with the chief of police in particular? Let's revisit, too. What's up with the clan, the clan outfit? Right. She takes it away. It almost does seem, from from Lori Blake's perspective, that he, she's doing a cover-up for yeah. him on his behalf. Yeah. Um, and we know she's just trying to investigate on her own. Like, what the fuck's up with this? Yeah. Or at least we have no reason not to believe that at this point. Right. Um. Yeah, I. Why does he have that? Do you think it was placed there? I think the secret closet's obviously there. Is it a? Is it an old timey reminder of his past? Yeah. That I mean, there's people that don't agree with Nazis, but have Nazi memorabilia in their house because. It's, what are you talking about? Some people are weird collectors. Most of them, I think, um, they do have a little bit of a Nazi fetish. Have a Nazi fetish. Ugh. Not okay. They just call themselves historians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking, like Petey. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about Petey a little bit, because I did like how he was a nice, even though he he was being lapped as far as you know his acting chops, I did think he was a nice little, su- a little sweet with the sour that was Blake's character. Yeah. He was funny. I thought he did a good job, and I think also he came off as somebody who kind of did know his shit. You know, and he says, hey, I'm not a fanboy. I'm a historian. You know, they respect me, blah, blah. And then at the end, he gets laid. Yeah. I mean, or maybe, paid off. or maybe they just fell asleep. I mean, I don't know. They could have just cuddled and fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. He wore a mask. Yeah. 
yeah, he's he's a good, genuine, wet behind the ears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, like honest kind of character that is a good contrast to her embittered, cynical, jaded character that is just sick of this kind of world. Yeah, but she when she comes in. When Lori Blake comes in and she gets the details from Judd's wife about, like, where the warehouse compound is. Yeah. They kind of stick it out for a bit. And then she goes in on her own to go investigate. And and Pirate Jenny and, and Red Scare kind of bring her in there. Um, she's looking at, like, what's going on there. And it felt like fucking Abu Ghraib, didn't it? Exactly. It was yeah. all these blindfolded guys sitting in a row. With dogs barking the, just to intimidate they them. They jacked the volume up. And then but it does only does that for two or three seconds, then it goes back. But I mean, yeah, it definitely looked like okay, this is somebody from the outside who's discovering what's going on. And she didn't particularly care about citizens' rights because she makes a joke right before that. Yeah. Like actually I don't really give a shit. Where but maybe that's also to ingrati- ingratiate herself with Red Scare and Je- Pirate Jenny, right? Right, exactly. As they're gonna take yeah, her in. Perhaps. There. Yeah. But I mean, you know, she that was another thing where I think this was the first time where I thought, I mean, and I think he did it for a reason because we've been kind of leaning pro cop for a couple of weeks here mm. and it's kind of uncomfortable for us to do that, but we have been leaning that way. And then you see this and you're like, oof, you know, I don't know. It's just not a good look for the cops. Yeah. They're going a little bit fucking wild here. It's fucked up. Yeah. And yeah, I, the whole situation, it seems like, like what you're saying Someone is fucking with the system intentionally. If James Wolk, if uh, what's his name, Joe Kane, is part of the Seventh Cavalry or poking that bear to say, "Hey, attack the cops," yeah, then I'll have justification for them to put on yeah costumes. Mm-hmm. Them not being accountable because they're in costumes is going to rise that tension on their side. Yeah, and there won't be accountability on their side. You guys will they'll they'll start attacking you guys. You guys are gonna just build up the hate until it it becomes something so potent. Mm-hmm. Like, and this was just another stepping stone. And is it not coincidence that he was there, being taken captive? And isn't check this out? Yeah, just so like such a great parallel to the Watchmen comic mm-hmm. that. A person who might be the one orchestrating all of this. Victim. Yeah. Like, when Ozymandias wants to, everyone to be thrown off the scent of him potentially um, being the person pulling the strings in Watchmen, he has an assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. And we see right here another assassination attempt mm-hmm. on on Joe Keen. Mm-hmm. Of course that guy's the one orchestrating a lot of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that Keen knew that uh, his... A kidnapper was going to be shot through the head. I think that was a wrinkle in his plans, and I was actually really looking forward to him getting into that mausoleum, mm. and then he could say, "Okay, good job. Yeah, you kind of pulled me a little rough there, but I guess you had to do it to make it to make it work, right? You know." And then I was, and then we didn't get that satisfaction, but that's absolutely what's going on because he went a little too quickly. He didn't really seem that scared. Yeah. So yeah, he volunteered himself and jumped right in. I'm like, no, he, he was ready. He was like, it. okay, I stand here. X marks the spot. He's <laughs> exactly. gonna walk out this way, and then I'm just, I'm ready. You know, he, he like cleared his throat before that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It just didn't work for me. So yeah, it, it's it's just like with Osmandius in the comic. Yeah. They they gotta be doing that. They, I think they do. Let me go to a next another category. Can I? Yes. Uh, next to die, 
If you mm. need to think about yours, I can give you mine. I have one, but you go ahead. Pirate Jenny. You know, I kind of thought that yeah. initially. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Just because we haven't seen a whole lot of her, but yeah. then I'm like, why would they give her such short shrift like that? Uh, it's just it's one of those where it's like, okay, they can up the up the the anxiety, up the tension, but not really lose out, you know, because they can't kill the dude in the red suit because he's just awesome to see. And I assume our next to die just can't include the robots. No, 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 no. Because no. they'll just keep dying. Right? Yeah, they're lemmings. Yeah, um, <laughs> they are lemmings. My my person I put was uh, Grandpa Will. I thought that Angela's Grandpa Will, now that they've established that relationship, and now that she has this immediate and and what's the term? Uh, she got his money. Preternatural is that the term? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like emotional connection. Yeah. That if he dies. It becomes a driving force for her to discover more about that relationship. You think she needs a motivator? Yeah, it could be a motivator in that. Well, she doesn't need it right now. Yeah. She's got plenty of motivation. Yeah, but uh, it definitely could be. I just don't want him to die. I like that guy. I really don't either. I like, and that's why I thought Pyro Jenny was because I don't really care about her. But I like Don Johnson. They kill him. I mean, it, you kill people to, you know, make people invested and want to want to have that. Kind you, get, of you Game of Thrones it. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. I. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to I wanted to tell you Angela Abar. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Her last name's Abar. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool uh-huh. for a personal anecdote. Please. Abar. Well, uh when my my wife, when I first started dating her. You're married? I am. Whoa. Okay. You don't know anything about me. Jeez. Uh when I first started dating her, I didn't have any money. I was in college. And I took her on a couple uh, free dates that she didn't realize we were going on dates because I wasn't paying for anything, mm-hmm. um, which is that's shitty. But I took what, her. What, what's shitty that your that your now wife expects a date to be something you pay for? You can't just enjoy a precious moment like a sunset. Or right. That you... What's up with that? Yeah, I think that's the shitty part. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. But we, I took her to this movie here in Alma or at the Alamo Draft House here in Austin, Texas. Uh, they, uh, every Wednesday night they have Wednesday Weird. And okay. they would show different kind of wacky movies from the 70s and 80s and whatever. Yeah. And I went to Abar, the first black Superman, which was this black exploitation movie from the like mid late 70s. And the name Abar, it was it was this. I don't even really remember the plot very well, mm-hmm. but Abar, the first black Superman. And now her name is Abar. I think there. I I would assume there's some sort of relation between. That nice. particular movie, yeah, and and um, her last name being that, but her also being a super superhero. Take back the word and make it and make it a powerful word. It was a it was a quirky movie. How was the movie? I don't know. Better or worse than the than the uh, McConaughey boat movie? She married me. Serenity is the name of that McConaughey bo- boat movie. Really, <laughs> Serenity. And that's how we now we now call it the McConaughey boat movie. <laughs> McConaughey wacky ass boat movie. Really? Yeah. Check that one out. But I mean, you mean wacky is in supernatural science fiction? Wacky is in like weird camera play? What's going on? Yeah. Give me another word other than wacky. Give me another word other than wacky. Surreal. Oh, okay. That doesn't help me at all. But okay. Yeah, it's a, a little bit of like a crime noir, but also Ooh. like. Southern, okay. You've said enough. You said enough. You said enough. Yeah. Hey, so uh, as far as names, we also had his horse, which was Bucephalus or something like that, and that is Alexander's horse. Who? 
Vites horse. Vites horse? Yeah. Bucephalus? Bucephalus or something. Oh, man. I didn't Bucephus. Bucephus. Anyway, I, I, I Wikipedia'd it. Okay. And it turned out it's Alexander's horse, and it's maybe the fa- one of the most famous horses of antiquity. Can you think of any other horses of antiquity other than the Trojan horse? No. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, my in, my I don't know my of, antediluvian horse knowledge is limited. I don't know too much about these horses. What did you think? What did you think overall about that joke that Laurie tells? Um, you know, again, it was a setup. We mm-hmm. know that. We talked about that. So I think she likes that kind of gotcha play, right? Uh, but as far as the joke itself, I think it just kind of revealed who she thinks of these characters. I'm not smart enough to get the whole thing about. I don't know. I think maybe was was it maybe she's. Just, I mean, literally, she's saying, "Hey, I'm going to take you in one direction while I have you distracted. I'm actually destroying you with the other hand." Right? Yeah. It, and, and that she's such she's so good at what she's doing. It seemed like I don't know some brass balls. I'm a I'm a badass. I've I'm I'm playing twelve dimensional chess or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even while she's talking to someone who literally sees the future i was like mm, yeah okay it, it it really spoke to a lot of her her insecurities yeah with how she stacked up to some of her um contemporaries in the era of superheroes and and that joke being about like how no matter how great each of them thought they were in a particular realm they're all going to hell fuck yeah. them right yeah because yeah. they all had some downside to them. But mm-hmm. for her, she's she's taking aim at the crown. Yeah. Well years in advance. And she knows that the game is rigged, and so she's just gonna destroy the game. Yeah. Right? I mean, she talks about God's brains coming out of his nose, and I was like, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not the guy to ask, but I didn't know that God has like brains and stuff like us. Yeah, you know, but yeah. So I mean, she's she's kind of wanting to just rip apart the whole thing, which maybe that does mean okay. Right now she's working for the what is it, the FBI? Mm-hmm. She's working for the FBI. We think she's kind of one way on this new FBI camp, and she's obviously different than she was in the comic. But maybe she's fooling us all, and maybe she's just really kind of playing. She's it's the long game for herself and trying to get Dan out. I mean, we don't know what she's doing, but I do think she's met her match with Regina, and I don't think she's ready for that. And it's going to be pretty sweet, you know? So I'm really looking forward to kind of these, like, cop moments when they're in cars together just chatting it up, which I think we've been we've seen hints of, right, in the previews. Yeah. It was yeah. also really great to see her interaction with uh, Looking Glass, Wade oh. Tillman. Now he had his name. Yes. I love Tim Blake Nelson as well. Man, awesome. Fantastic actor. So for me, this, this goes to show, like, yeah, how good of an actor he is. Um, when I kind of, you know, also I asked you before, you know, I want to talk about our favorite character to watch. Not mm-hmm. really our favorite character, but just who you like to see on screen, mm-hmm. right? And he was on screen for what, like maybe a minute? But I almost think he was my favorite character to watch this week because that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Just every little thing he does is incredible. And just the way he hesitates when she's kind of deposing him. Yeah. You know, he's thinking about the way to sit, to answer everything and not really put himself in a corner or give up too much. When she mentions awesome. like... Angela Abar, yeah, his sister Knight, yeah, to him, his look of. Do you know that you saying even just saying that out loud, how like we're in a situation that for three years, yeah, we've been living in anonymity out of fear, yeah, in society, and 
you're just casually dropping those names, doxing us like that. That's but really. He, it, but then he up. also knows just to say yes yeah, because he right. doesn't want to keep talking about it because then there's more of a chance that more people can hear about it. And also he knows ah, I don't want to self-incriminate or whatever else. That's how just, powerful like he how he was able to sell that in just his expression, his exactly. reaction. Exactly. So I mean, I think that I mean she eventually won me over. I had him written down, and then you'll see this, like, I do, like, a slash. I'm like, no, Lori in the telephone booth at the end. Yeah. Because it's true. I mean, at the end, we actually finally see the crack in the facade, and she is vulnerable. And uh, it was really – it was beautiful to see. You know, and if she wouldn't have done that, I'd kind of been like, ah, the character's a little flat, you know? I I agree. I think that the end scene, like, really tied everything together. It was was very – it's very intense. There's like some good intense moments, like the bomber coming out, like all yeah. that was like super intense. But um, her, just like like the gravity of her expressing her emotions, yeah, to uh, an empty line, as you were saying, yeah, trying to talk, reach out and talk to uh, Doctor Manhattan, and not knowing if he's listening on the other end, is. Like oh, you could just feel all the 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 pain, the weight in her. Just want to give her a hug. Yeah, yeah. The the vulnerability that's there, and then for her to step out of there after the phone call goes, you, um, that will reach him in forty seconds. Yeah, and as she walks out, if you time it, it's just about forty seconds. I think it's maybe a couple seconds over, or mm-hmm. I don't know. That as the car falls, yeah, it's like forty seconds from her leaving the booth and that's, walking it out. That's there. awesome. They time it out, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the car. Let's talk about the car. That's in one of my questions. I think it's probably in everybody's questions. And I now I'll say this: I have not watched the previews for next week because I don't do that. I don't know right. if there's any follow up on that. But yeah, let's talk about the car. Was it a Subaru? <laughs> uh, it had to be the same car, right? I think I think it had to be the same car. I didn't actually. Yeah. I didn't compare it to make sure it was the exact same car, but I figured it is. And yet she's so desperately looking for a sign. Her assumption is. Uh, that's from Dr. Right. Manhattan. She looks up in the sky and sees an orange glow that she assumes is, is Mars, Mars blinking mm-hmm. at her. Yep. Like a wink. Uh-huh. It's me. I'm here. I, like, And it, it plays so perfectly into her story about she throws a brick up in the air and times it just so that it cracks God in the head. Yep. And God, a.k.a. Doc Manhattan, is like, I can drop something from the sky too. A car right in front of you. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, that's misleading because us, the audience, just saw at the end of the last episode uh-huh. that Will was in the car that got picked up by some UFO. Right. And that might be just be that car. Absolutely it is. So, yeah, what do you think? I think you're completely right. I mean, other otherwise, Dr. Manhattan changed the whole solar system and the orbit of Mars for a quick second to bring it, you know, trillions <laughs> of miles closer to Earth to make it bigger for a second and then pull it back. Right. Um, yeah, or do some little optical trick. You could I mean, that, I assume trick. it was like a ship kind of blasting away, right? Right, 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 yeah, yeah. That was the well, flare of a ship leaving that the UFO that picked up the car. Yeah, no, exactly. But I mean she was thinking it was she was thinking it was it was Dr. Manhattan. Right. Like actually showing like, oh, this is Mars, you know, anyway. Yeah, no, I thought it was a great I thought it was great. Um so it didn't really advance the plot at all, but uh I'm curious to see. I mean, I guess Will got out. I didn't I was looking for dead bodies in the car or anything like that, you know. Yeah, we'll see. And actually, th- this goes to show. Yeah, there's no body. In this there. goes to show that you know, nothing really happened in this episode. That's my only kind of. Eh, I if I, I I'm not complaining, but I'm really curious to see what's going on. 
It's, and, yeah, it set up a lot of chess pieces, right? Yeah, and it was it was dedicated to Lori, which was cool. And somebody who really got no dedicated story, really, in the comic book. I mean, even when they did it, it was still pretty shitty, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it was good to have, but, man, I mean, I could have used a little bit more plot development. This this single episode, it's still an hour of storytelling. Yeah. But I, I feel it did it made it made her particular character so much richer and complexer. Yeah. More complex. Yeah. 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 Very good. No, okay, so let me ask you this. Okay. Do you think she will live to the end of the show? Or I guess, I mean, because you can die. So will she be alive at the end of the show? I think so. At the end of this season. I mean, hopefully there's another one. I don't know. Yeah. I think she's a survivor. Okay. Do you think uh, Angela will be alive? Yes. All of her kids? <sighs> Ooh, um, maybe not Topher. Yeah? I don't know. There's something weird going on with S- Topher. Will Slytherin? Yeah. Okay. To- if- Topher's going to pull off the mask and actually be Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, hot hubby. Ah, oh, man. I hope he does. I hope we get to see more of him. Petey. Yes. Okay. Man, I, I think I, I'm Looking an glass. Looking glass. Yes, I think everyone's going to survive. You They're think, all going to be friends. You think Pirate Jenny's going to survive? No, she's probably going to die. Yeah. <laughs> but she's... Ex- She's expendable only in so much as we haven't learned any anything about her. What's the red right? jumpsuit, dude? Red scare. What would you would you be um would you watch like a Hobbs and Shaw Red Scare spinoff with Pirate Jenny? <laughs> Just Red Scare and Pirate Jenny? Yeah. Would you watch that spinoff? If it was Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh God. Or Michael Bay. <laughs> no. Trans- Can I say no? Transformers twelve, Pirate Jenny and Red Scare. Ah, uh, no. I no? want to. Okay. Would you? Are you? No. Was that your last question on here? No, no, that was that. That you was scr- scratch that off. Yeah, I, can, I need to. I need to that one out. No, I mean, I'm. I guess. Do you think there's going to be like a giant great battle, or is it going to be more of a battle of the minds, like um, or battle of the bands? Are we going to get a little music, like a philosophical threat or something? Yeah. Well, more just, so than a- just. I mean, we already kind of saw in I guess episode one, right? Was it one or two where we had all the the cow mutilation? The machine gunning of the cows, right? You know, so I mean, that was a bigger battle than I thought we would see, really, f- for a few for a few issues. I thought this was gonna be kind of more discreet, like police kind of like work. I don't know if we're gonna really get a standoff with the Seventh Cavalry again. I don't know. I think we will. Yeah, I think it'll be more. It, it's funny looking at the trailer and finding out that a lot of the big moments I think we recall seeing in the trailer yeah. have already happened in the first few episodes. Right. So. Yeah. I'm not really sure what's in store, and yeah. I'm super excited about it. Me too. Yeah. So let me – okay. Another question would be – or that I have watching a lot of this. Like, you know, we've obviously read the comics. You've read a ton more than I have. Um, I don't know if the actual casual viewer has done as much of this. Well, they are, probably the casual viewer is not doing a podcast on it, right? But when we see things like the caged owl, right? Yeah. When we see things like the, the color the, – the, you know, the color yellow. When we see things like quoting directly from the comic book – do you think that is I, – I think you'd agree, right, that in the comic book stuff was so on the nose sometimes it was like, okay, I know what you're doing here. But it still worked a lot of time. Yeah. And I would say the same thing. Like when we see a cage owl in her apartment, God, it is so on the nose, but it still doesn't seem bad. It kind of works, and it hints at things that we really want to see as fans. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, did you, what do you think he does a good job of that, or is it too much? It's, it's true to the comic, I yeah. would say. Yeah, okay. Which – it can be a little bit hokey and over the top at times, but it's fun. Yeah, I, I'm just writing this down. I think this might be a new category for us next week moving forward. 
<laughs> what did you write down? Blue dildo. <laughs> What's the blue dildo? When the something week? is so obvious and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if it works or not, but. It's you a real know, blue dildo. That's a real blue dildo, dildo that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. New category, blue dildo. The blue dildo, that'll, go, that'll follow sugar cubes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, really know. Did you have anything else? I guess let, let's ask, let me ask you this. You've seen the preview, so you can kind of be my, my spirit guide. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, let me drop that one back really quickly, if you don't mind. All right. Do you think this show is going to lose viewers to uh, um, the, the show previewing tomorrow or coming out tomorrow? What's that one? That uh, one, you know, the kind of like people are thinking this is going to be the new Game of Thrones type thing. Oh, his dark his, materials or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, the Philip whatever. Uh, lose viewers? I would think that they would stick around for both. You think? Okay. I think it might gain. No, I don't know if it would gain more people here. But no, I don't think it's going to lose an audience. Okay. You know, I know people are waiting for the next Game of Thrones, which right. isn't going to happen. And I, I, maybe if people are watching Watchmen, that's not going to satisfy. That's not going to scratch that itch. I would say this new show will, so I don't know. But I think, ah, yeah, I think you're right. That's People really disappointing. I hope not. I don't think so, but I was just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it, right? That's all I've got. Folks, want to thank you guys for checking out our episode this week. If you guys watched us live, uh, thanks for checking us out here live. We do uh, live streaming of all of our episodes over on YouTube. You can go there and subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can... Um, you can help support us by giving us that five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Write a little review. We'll we'll check them out and maybe occasionally read one here on the show. Yeah. And if you guys want to help us out financially, please go over to patreon.com slash whopodswatchmen. There you can make a per-month per pledge. Give us a couple bu- bucks a month and uh, help support us. And we do little extra bonus material for you guys exclusively to just show our thanks for you guys helping us out. Yeah. Uh, we will be back next week at, at, uh, talking about this show. We're going to probably do another little live show. I wouldn't imagine why not. And we look forward to it. Until then. What do you like to say? Keep Who keeps what potting watching? Um, we'll keep watch. I don't know what I said. Was it we'll keep watching? We'll keep watching.